this message is first of all directed to the youths and then to the larger church. You can see that by the grace of the Almighty God, the youths uh, in this church are highly educated, pursuing careers in areas where actually the money can be found, which is good, which is good. The Lord impressed upon me to actually challenge every one of us, especially our youths, to think about the continuation of the Church of Christ. I know, I know that Christ has decreed it and nothing can change it. Whatever the devil may do against his church, he can never prevail. But I still believe that there is a vacuum. There is a vacuum. And this church, Equi Baptist Church, must be found filling the vacuum so that the future of the church will surely be seen not by just talking about it but by the reality of the fact that God is still in the business of calling people. We have approached some people you know, one-on-one, -on -one, seeing the, the deposit God has deposited in their lives. And some of these people are afraid. And that actually brings about this message to wrap up the youth week. I'm being deceived by this time by this clock before me. I know it's about 35 minutes late, uh, but please, um, pardon me. Children of God, where are you running to? Shall we pray? Speak to us, O Lord, our Father and our God, in accent loud and clear, for the few minutes that we're going to have in order to see into your word. We pray, Lord God Almighty, that which you have for us will not pass us by. Eternal Father, when you speak, the whole place won't be silent because your word alone is thundering enough to cause us fear. The holy fear we pray for. Let this consume us now. That will not be as we came. In Jesus' name I pray. From the very time that sin entered the world through Adam, man began to give excuses. As soon as the Lord came down 
to the Garden of Eden. I was asking after Adam, Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? If you you go and read that portion again, you will see that God did not say, Eve, where are you? Adam, where are you? Now, Adam actually had to tell the truth. But when he was confronted with the idea of sin, with the idea of disobedience, he gave up the first excuse. The woman you brought to me gave me of the fruit of the tree in the garden and I ate it. Since that time, excuses upon excuses when God calls. He called Adam not to be a preacher, but called him to question him, to reasoning with him. He gave excuse. When you go to read about the prophets in the Old Testament, you will see that many of them, many of them gave one excuse or another before answering the call. Let's see the life of, for instance, um, Moses. Before Moses answered the call to go to Egypt, he gave five excuses. Five. At least that we can actually deduce from the scriptures. I am not good enough. I don't know your name. What should I tell them? Who should I say that sent me? Excuse. What if they don't believe? What's your concern if they don't believe? I am not eloquent in speech. Wow. Oh, why don't you send another person and make me maybe the lieutenant? Excuse. Isaiah had actually become a prophet of God before he now saw God. He had been preaching comfortably because of the support of the king. But when King Uzziah died, is it Uzziah? When he died, he went to the temple and saw the glory of God. Guess what? The major excuse that actually came to him is not foreign to all of us. Ah, woe is me, for I am done. I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among people of unclean lips. Today, let's go quickly to the five major excuses that Jeremiah gave. Jeremiah, a young person, a youth, the version that we read from actually calls him a child. He called himself a child, but God saw beyond a child. And I pray that every youth that is here present will please listen, listen. Because indeed, I know that God is calling some of you, but you are giving excuses. And I pray that you do not come to a time when you will have retired from the office that you are now holding. 
that you now remember to want to go to, back to the seminary. There will be regrets. And I don't want you to regret anything. When the Lord called on Jeremiah, the Lord told him the job. I am going to make you a prophet to the nations. Wow! To be a prophet is by far heavier than being a priest. His father was a priest. He knew what the priest actually had to do. The priest was actually located in a local locality. Yeah? But a prophet, not a prophet to Judah, not a prophet to Israel, a prophet to what? The nations. Wow. Jeremiah looked and said, this job is too demanding. Ah! Lord, me, a prophet to the nation. And it is important for us to know that with a demanding task which God will want to lay upon your lap, God is always there. You are not alone. The assignment God gives to people must always be a God-sized assignment. I'm not going to experiencing God now, be or what? Huh? But the truth of the matter is, as young as Jeremiah was, God made him to know that Jeremiah was capable. God would not call you if you're not capable. He sees beyond what you see. He knows by far more than what you know about yourself. Because why? He is your creator. And the Lord explained to him, why have I called you to do this? Because before you were conceived, I have called you. Before you were ever born, I have sanctified you, separated you. It should be a thing of joy. Is that not true? A thing of joy that God actually has deposited a lot of things in me. But, hey, fear. Fear. The calling of God to young people today is still very much to be seen in our lives. The only thing about it is this, huh? what type of trouble are you going through when the Lord calls? I still believe that indeed God is calling many, many of our young people, but they are afraid. The second thing that we see about um, Jeremiah is that he made himself to actually re release himself to God and said, look, my talent is inadequate. My talent is very much inadequate. And we can see this in verse 6. Behold, I cannot speak. 
I cannot speak. I'm slow. My words are not even eloquent enough for anybody to want to hear me. You remember those, someone who said this before? Moses. In Exodus chapter 4 verse 10. I'm slow in speech. But you can communicate huh, with people and they can understand you. You know what? When some people are talking about sports, wow, their mouth will be rolling. Huh? When some people are talking about politics, wow, they are gurus. But when it comes to talk, talking about the Bible, they become stammerers. I am inadequate. And we, knew, we know that indeed some of us that you see up here uh, as ministers today, we were not the best in our classes. We were not the best in debates. In fact, they never chose me as somebody that will represent any class for debate. Because who actually will think about me? When there were better people who speak better, better English, better construction, so eloquent to the point that you think actually that the whole dictionary has been, you know, buried in their head. But God does not look at that. God does not look at that. When God calls, he equips. God here reached down to Jeremiah and did what? Touched his mouth. You remember someone that actually was touched like that? Isaiah? Huh? Fire. Coal of fire was touched. Was used to touch his, his, his tongue. God reached down to touch his mouth and told him, I have filled your mouth with my words. Wow. What a wonderful God we serve. He will not call you to go and shame yourself. He will not call you to go and, you know, rubbish whatever the message that he has given you. He will equip you. And now, what are we being touched by? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Lord Jesus Christ knew this even with the disciples that they were afraid. He knew that they would continue to be afraid unless something actually had to be done. And he made sure that he gave them the promise and the promise came. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. If you are afraid to answer the call that God is calling you to do, I pray sincerely that you release yourself and allow the Holy Spirit to come in. Allow the Holy Spirit to come in. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. The power to be bold enough and not to fear the faces of the people. Power to actually concentrate on the subject that God has given to you to deliver. 
we must remember that God uses the most un unlikely persons to shake the church, to shake the community, to shake the nation. Go and read about some of the great heroes of the church today and see their background. And you know that a lot of them were unlearned. Dropouts from school. Whereas those who had PhDs, double PhD, post-PhD, and so on and so forth, are not called by God. Why? God has, you know, a wonderful thing about, about us. We must depend on him in order to carry out his mission. Dependence on God is the real thing that will bring out the message of God to the people. I can stand here to be an orator and then you clap for me, but it will, it will, go, it will go nowhere. But while I'm speaking, I'm praying that by the grace of God, the power of God is actually reaching out on you, convincing and convicting you of what God will want you to have. God will make you what you ought to be and fill you with his word and put his power in you. The third thing that actually we see about this is that Jeremiah was saying, ah, look, when it is time, huh, I will do it. The time is not right. The time is not right now because I am just a youth. I am just a child. Why will you call me when we have older people, people who actually uh, have had vast experience in this job? Let me tell you the truth and none about the truth. Sincerely, I'm not preaching about myself. I was 19 when the call of God came upon my life. I was so afraid. I was so afraid. I was so afraid. Ah, why would God call me at this tender age? Why? Why? I, have always, I always knew old people being pastors of churches. Well, they looked old then because I was young. And when I see a 30-something-year-old, I believe that uh, that person uh, must be old. He's actually considered old. And the fear that gripped me, but the Lord God Almighty calmed me down. And I tell you what, I tell you what, when the Spirit of God came into me to actually know that the calling of God upon my life is not about age, it's not about experience, it's not about what you know, it is about God. Sincerely, fear came out of me. And I thank God because I stand before you today to actually tell you that some of the professors that I met in the seminary wanted me out. They wanted me out. I don't know how God made it that I completed. When people will be drawn out of the line, of graduation line, and say that, no, you have a paper to actually repeat, nothing was said about me that, uh, that, um, in, my, in my seminary days. Nothing was said. But I knew it because the principal, the president of the school, called me to his office and told me many things that they did 
in order to frustrate me out of the seminary. How come I was not frustrated? God was there. God was there. And I say to everyone that is actually listening to this, to, 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 the, to the sound of my voice, look, I am not special, special. I am just a human being like you. God can do it if you allow him. He will strengthen you. He will make you not to be afraid of the faces of the people that actually you, you preach to. And I tell you the truth and nothing but the truth, it can be very, very frightening sometimes when you see people and you know, you know that you are seeing a human being, but no, the, 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 the picture you see is that of a wild beast. A pastor in a church where actually we had witches and wizards. And when I was told about that, at the confession of the fact that somebody was actually in witchcrafting, I went and confronted the person. I was not afraid at all. Why? Because the Spirit of God was in me. I don't know where you belong to as you're seated, but you know. But I pray that when the rapture will come, you will not miss out. The fourth thing that we see about this is that uh, Jeremiah made the excuse. The task is dangerous. The task is dangerous. How can you preach about holiness and not meet with oppositions? How can you preach about righteousness and not with, meet with oppositions? How can you actually want to stay clean in a world of corruption and you think that you'll be safe? You cannot. You cannot. God's messengers are always in the battlefield. And every Christian should because we are all in a battlefield. But even our wise people will say that one with God is a majority. The Bible says to me, if God be for you, who can be against you? Multitude without God is a hopeless and helpless gathering. Gathering they will gather, but in as much as they're not gathering for the Lord, what actually will happen? They will be scattered. The Bible tells me also in the book of Psalm 34 verse 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but what happened? God delivers him out of them all. Many. Don't be afraid to answer the call. If God is calling you, don't be afraid. God will back you up. I actually heard the, the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ saying to his disciples, huh? when you obey this instruction, when you obey this commission, lo, I am 
with you always, even to the close of the age. God will always be there. He is the one that calls. He is the one that backs you up. And he's the one that brings the victory. And to him alone must be the glory. The last one that actually Jeremiah, directly or indirectly, you know, was complaining about or giving an excuse about was, do I have to go now? Do I have to go now? Don't I have to wait for a while? Guess what? In verse 17, which actually we did not read, The Lord gave him an assurance, which I believe that um, we need to see properly from 17 to 19. Therefore, prepare yourself and arise. What are you, are we talking about? Therefore, prepare yourself and arise. That is, the time is now. Now, now, now. Huh? And speak to them, to them all, uh, speak to them all that I command you. Do not be dismayed before their faces, lest I dismay you before them. And for behold, I have made you this day a fortified city and an iron pillar. See what actually God has done for Jeremiah. And he will do it for you. You see? And bronze, bronze walls against the whole land against the kings of Judah, against the, the, its princes, and against its priests, and against the people of the land. Then verse 19 says, they will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you, says the Lord, to deliver you. Children of God, I see here that obedience to the calling of God is highly important. Youths of God, you did youth week last week, Abib, and then you think that ah, you are free till next year. I say to you, you have just started. God has now laid a responsibility on you to the point that if you dis disobey, or delay, actually they say to me that uh, immediate obedience uh, is what actually is called obedience. A delayed obedience is disobedience. Like a delayed justice is absolute injustice. Immediate obedience is what the Lord requires from you. And we thank God because we have this example in the Lord Jesus Christ. For the Bible tells me in Philippians chapter 2 verse 8b that Jesus became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. Now, see the caliber of people that the Lord said that he has actually made Jeremiah to be fortified against. He mentioned uh, the whole land uh, against the kings of Judah, against the princes of Judah, and against who? The priests. How can priests be against the man of God? Yes, they can. They can. 
with the Lord God Almighty is saying, by his grace, you are fortified. They will come against you, but they will not prevail against you. We pray that prayer often now uh, for our own selfish purpose. For our own selfish purpose. But when it is for, for the purpose of God, get, let, let me tell you what, God will bring it to reality that you see people fighting. You see arrows thrown at you and nothing will touch you. Not because you have used juju. Uh-uh. It is the grace of God not to allow the even to laugh at you, to scorn you. The Lord God Almighty be praised forever. Amen. In this church, I said something before we came in uh, to, to, to my wonderful pastors here. In this church, we have it open that whoever the Lord calls and will go and answer the call to go to the seminary will foot the bill. Take care of even your family and make everything you know, money free for you. Financially free for you. Thank God Almighty, I think we have about five who have actually answered that call to be trained as a pastor. Let me tell you what. You don't have to be a church pastor to be a minister for God. You can be a youth leader. You can be a music you know, uh, leader. You can be an evangelist. You can be a missionary. You can be you know, working for the children as Reverend Mrs. And it's not only for men. Women can be called. So don't say that the job is for, for men. Women can be called. When the call of God is upon your life, I pray sincerely that you will not ignore it. Because, number one, I am glad that even when this offer was made, you know, we have not found in this church people rushing into the seminary in order to make it a stepping stone as we have in our seminaries now. You have people who are not called. They say that they are called. They are not called. Why? Because we know that as soon as they finish the program they are doing in the seminary, they bolt for another something entirely. And then you don't see them in the ministry anymore. It only make it a stepping stone because no, maybe no university will actually admit them. But in this church, I thank God because I've not seen an abuse of that. And I pray sincerely that, you know, when the Lord calls you, it is not because of the free tuition and whatever and the scholarship that you gain from the church. It is because you are truly answering the call of God upon your life. This church will invest in that because it's part of missions. And I sincerely pray that I will see genuine people coming to answer the call of God and to make themselves available for the Lord. We need missionaries. We need evangelists. We need music ministers. We need youth ministers. We need counselors. You can be, you know, counselors for, for, for the homeless people, prisoners, counselors for marriage and family, counselors. The, the, the field is wide, so wide to the point that you don't need to narrow yourself to say, I, I, I cannot stand before the people and, uh, and, and speak to them. If even God is calling you to that, 
God will equip you and he will be with you and fill your mouth with his word. Let's bow our heads in prayer. I know that you think actually that I'll give the invitation to say that if God is calling